Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Caixin Syndicate Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to the show. We've only started 2022, but we've already got so much news to catch up on. China has launched a digital yuan app in various pilot cities. India has ordered the smartphone giant Xiaomi to cough up nearly $90 million in import taxes. And of course, we have dramatic developments when it comes to COVID. What with Hong Kong reinforcing its disease control restrictions, the Chinese mainland reporting its first local Omicron cases, as well as public outcry over Xi'an's controversial lockdown measures, but more on that later. And let's start things off with the latest on the short video titan Kuai Shou. 2022 is not off to a great start for the company. The Tencent-backed enterprise is laying off nearly a third of some departments. Several Kuai Shou employees told Caixin that the company is laying off 10% to 30% of its workforce in departments involving its eponymous apps operations, commercialization, e-commerce, internationalization, and gaming. Kuaisho had a total workforce of more than 21,000 people at the end of 2020, nearly 71% of whom were aged below 30. Caixin understands sacked employees have been told they will be offered compensation based on the number of years they have served, plus one month's salary, in line with industry standards. The layoffs come at a time when Kuaisho is grappling with widening losses, in the first three quarters of 2021, its adjusted net loss swelled by over 100% year-on-year to roughly 15 billion yuan, even as revenue grew nearly 14% year-on-year to about 57 billion yuan. Kuaisho's long-term strategy of spending big to bring in new users has not borne fruit. The news comes as the sector reels from Beijing's tightening regulations on the tech sector. Xiaomi has also had a rough start to the new year. The company has objected to a demand by the Indian government that the company's local unit pay the equivalent of nearly 90 million U.S. dollars worth of import taxes the Chinese smartphone giant allegedly evaded over more than three years. 
According to India's finance ministry, Xiaomi imported cell phones and parts without including in the transaction value the royalties and license fees paid by Xiaomi India to Qualcomm USA and to Beijing Xiaomi Mobile Software. India has therefore issued notices to Xiaomi demanding payment of the import taxes for the period between April 2017 and June 2020. The news may serve as a real blow to Xiaomi, which has been the leading smartphone brand in India for the past four years. In other big news, China has overtaken Japan for the first time to become the world's largest buyer of liquefied natural gas, also known more simply as LNG. According to a report by energy industry consultancy IHS Market, China imported 81.4 million tons of LNG in 2021, up 17.8% from a year before. Meanwhile, Japan's imports rose 0.2% to 75 million tons. The report therefore indicates that the island nation lost its crown as largest LNG importer for the first time since the early 1970s. South Korea ranked third while Australia was the world's largest LNG exporter in 2021. Also making a lot of noise these past days is how China has launched a smartphone app for making payments and transfers with the digital yuan. The news comes as the Asian giant plows ahead with tests of its central bank digital currency. The eCNY app became available on app distribution platforms for Android and iOS users in China last week. The app is now open to users in 12 cities and regions, including Shenzhen, Suzhou, Chengdu, and Shanghai, as well as the hosts for the upcoming Winter Olympic Games, Beijing, and Zhangjiakou. Once the app is granted permission to check the phone's location, eligible users in those places can sign up for an account and start using the digital wallet in the app. In other big financial news, China mobile shares have had a wild first day of trading on the Shanghai Stock Exchange. The telecom giant made a narrow gain January 5th on its first day of trading on the bourse after it raised over 48 billion yuan, or $7.6 billion, in a homecoming listing. The country's largest wireless carrier by revenue jumped 9.4% when the market opened, but gave back almost all of that gain over the course of the day. Investors are closely watching China Mobile's performance in Shanghai as the company is one of the largest to return to the Chinese mainland after being kicked off a U.S. bourse. And a number of local firms, including biotechnology company Beijing, have recently seen their local offerings flop. According to Bloomberg data, China Mobile could raise up to 56 billion yuan all told if an overallotment option is fully exercised which would make it the second-largest global offering in the past year. That's after electric pickup truck maker Rivian Automotive Inc.'s $13.7 billion IPO. Also making the headlines is how Beijing has increased the weighting of the U.S. dollar in a key index that measures the value of the yuan against foreign currencies. This shows that the share of China-U.S. trade has increased in the country's overall foreign trade. The China Foreign Exchange Trade System, which is overseen by the central bank, raised the U.S. dollar's weighting in the CFETS RMB index to 19.88% from 18.79%. The adjustment took effect on January 1. 
the CFETS basket consists of 24 foreign currencies and reflects China's foreign trade. It's the first time that the CFETS has increased the dollar's weighting following several rounds of cuts since the currency basket was launched in 2015. Moving on to the latest on Tencent and its recent decision to sell part of its stake in Singapore's C-Limited. A source close to the deal told Caixin that the move was not prompted by local regulatory risks, but simply to cash out on an investment. The sale last week, which tanked New York-listed shares of the Southeast Asian gaming and e-commerce giant, brought speculation that anti-monopoly concerns had forced Tencent's hand. China's most valuable listed tech firm gave no clear reason for the divestment, but said it would provide resources to fund other investments and social initiatives while retaining a substantial majority of its stake in C. Speaking on condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss the matter publicly, a Tencent source denied that regulatory concerns were a factor, echoing the firm's official line. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there have been a lot of developments in China related to COVID-19, and joining me here to talk about all of that is Nandini Venkata, podcast producer at Caixin Global and co-producer of this program. Great to have you back on, Nandini. Hey, Kaiser. Great to be back, and of course, Happy New Year. Okay, so let's start with the situation in Xi'an. Can you walk us through what's been happening? Yeah, to really put everything into context, it's important to first point out that China, unlike other countries, is sticking to a zero COVID policy. Um, I'm sure you're very well aware that that means that the country's goal is to keep itself completely free of the virus. It doesn't want any coronavirus cases. And of course, this is a very different approach to take compared to other nations, such as those in the West, which have basically resolved themselves that they will live with the coronavirus, that they've accepted that it's basically here to stay and they've eased travel restrictions. Zero COVID policy seems to take on even another more important dynamic, given that Beijing is gearing up to host the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, Um, in a matter of weeks. So it does seem that China really wants this um, huge sports event to, you know, be carried out smoothly and not for any virus outbreaks to disrupt it. But having said all of that, the country is facing some COVID flare-ups at the moment. So as you were saying, there is indeed a particular severe one in Xi'an, Um, For anyone who's not familiar with this city, it's very historic and it's very famous because it's the site of the Terracotta Warriors. So Xi'an has been battling a fierce coronavirus outbreak and one top Chinese epidemiologist has actually called it the worst coronavirus outbreak that China has faced since Wuhan in early 2020. Now, as of late last week, Xi'an has reported over 1,800 virus cases. And what's making things even harder to contain this situation is that a lot of these cases um, are said to be caused by the Delta variant, which of course is more highly transmissible than the original coronavirus strain. Daily new infection cases have started to go down. 
And a lot of this is because of the very strict measures that the city has been employing. There's been a lockdown on the city of 13 million for over two weeks. And mass testing has also been on the way. And of course, there have also been some measures which have caused a lot of controversy. So in particular, last week, there was public outcry after a social media post went viral about how a heavily pregnant woman was denied entrance to a hospital because her COVID test result had expired. And as a result, she very tragically ended up having a miscarriage. So in case anyone's wondering why her test results was expired, I guess it's important to explain that when it comes to COVID tests in China, the results are generally said to have a validity period of 48 hours um, for a lot of public venues, including medical institutions. So in this particular case, um, this woman's result had expired by just four hours and it seems that the hospital had wanted her to take another test to prove that she wasn't carrying the coronavirus. Now, unsurprisingly, this story sparked huge indignation and outcry online. And it led to a lot of people really criticizing the inflexible nature of the lockdown measures, especially in such emergency scenarios. And Nandini, I guess it's also important to point out that this wasn't an isolated case. She wasn't the only person to suffer this kind of an ordeal when seeking medical treatment in Xi'an, right? Yeah, that's completely right. So there have actually been multiple cases of residents being denied entry to hospitals due to drastic lockdown restrictions. So since this story surfaced on Weibo, another woman also posted online about how she had also ended up having a miscarriage herself after being turned away from several hospitals. And that same day, an internet user also wrote about how her father had also ended up dying um, after he couldn't access emergency treatment fast enough. Likewise, late last month, Tsai also wrote about how nearly 100 patients with kidney disease in Xi'an were essentially cut off from dialysis treatment due to the strict control measures. Well, then I guess the big question on everyone's mind is, how will the leadership tackle this issue? Yeah, so the country's leadership has now explicitly told medical institutions that there is never an excuse to reject patients. So late last week, Chinese Vice Premier Sun Chunlan said that because the responsibility of medical institutions is to provide medical services, patients must not be denied treatment under any excuse. In regards to Xi'an, the city's authorities have issued a notice where they've said that local communities, emergency centers, and medical institutions shouldn't refuse patients if their negative COVID-19 test results have expired. It also said that if patients arrive at a hospital without a valid test result, then they should be admitted as soon as a nucleic acid swab is collected. Now, going back to that um, first story about the tragic miscarriage case, um, the government has actually fired the medical staff linked 
to this particular case. And it's also handed out punishment to two senior health officials in Xi'an. Okay, well, speaking of public health scandals, there's also been a big one in Hong Kong. What's going on there? Yeah, that's right. So down in Hong Kong, around 170 people, including 30-odd local government officials and lawmakers, have been ordered into quarantine. And that's all after they had attended a birthday party where some guests were suspected of being potential COVID cases. And I should stress um, that these people didn't break the law. Um, At the time of the party, it wasn't illegal to hold such a large-scale event. But nonetheless, it's still something that's very much frowned upon, especially as um, Omicron cases have been creeping up in the city. And I guess this is something that's really causing a lot of outrage especially given that um, now in just the recent few days, Hong Kong has really ramped up its disease control measures. So the city um, has now banned dining um, after 6 p.m., while public spaces like gyms and bars have also had to close. Large-scale events are now also off the table And flights have been cancelled from eight countries, which are deemed to be especially um, hard hit by Omicron outbreaks. So that includes flights from Australia, the UK and the US. Speaking of Omicron, Tianjin has also now reported the first local cases of the new variant on the Chinese mainland. So by that, I mean This isn't um, about imported cases where someone would um, land in Tianjin airport from abroad and then upon arrival test positive for Omicron. Um, We still don't actually know where these two people may have caught the new COVID variant. Um, As far as we know, these two individuals had actually not left Tianjin over the last two weeks prior to testing positive. Now, at this moment, Tianjin isn't under lockdown so far, but locals have been urged not to leave the city. In the meantime, there's a lot of contact tracing and mass testing underway. We do know that um, the city found 18 individuals who have tested positive for COVID, who were among the close contacts of these two patients. So all in all, I would just say stay tuned for next week's developments. Um, This is, of course, a very fast moving story. So I'm sure next week there will be a lot more news to dig into. Okay, thanks, Nandini. And we all look forward to hearing back from you soon. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Taishin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Taishin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Taishin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the new podcasts on the Seneca Network, like China Stories featuring the best writing on China from around the web and the China Sports Insider Podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at SupChina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.